JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. Joining us now on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline from ESPN, NFL Live, um, just a variety of things, calling games, doing get-up in the morning, and a former Colts quarterback to boot, Dan Orlovsky, joins us here in Indy. Hello, Dan. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I cannot wait to get your point of view mm-hmm. on the path the Colts are on right now because you and I have talked to a number of years regarding after Andrew Luck and what they've been trying to do and it's been an effort right but it hasn't worked and now you go down the path of a youthful quarterback in this case 20 going to be 21 years of age do you like the Anthony Richardson pick and how do you think this is going to work out both in the short and your opinion in the long with the Colts quarterback Dan? Yeah, so I love the pick. Um, I love it even more so for Indy and the marriage with the head coach, Shane Steichen. Um, Listen, I thought Carson was going to be really good for them, but Carson couldn't get things together post-injury and and then kind of with the the intangibles off the field. I thought Matt would play better, um, more solid football last year than he did. This is why I love Anthony. Um, I called Anthony's games two years ago in college football, and I remember watching him just play and on the broadcast going what is this guy i've never seen anything like him and then called games last year i called his first game of the season against utah best player in the field and i think at where we are in the nfl nowadays with the quarterback position um he's the most physically talented athletic quarterback that's ever been drafted into the nfl i mean it's the, the athletic talent is off the charts but then when you watch him play, when you talk to the coaches, when you hear the stories about how intelligent he is, how good his work ethic is, how much his leadership has grown the more he's matured, and you sit there and go, this player is big, fast, tall, powerful, strong, athletic, natural thrower of the football with high intelligence, great work ethic, and good leadership. I just don't see how a person that has all of those attributes fails. And um, I think that Chris kind of said it best, like I'm not swinging for a home run, I'm shooting for a grand slam. And um, mentored the right way and kind of unlocked the right way, he's a superstar. It's uh, Dan Orlowski of ESPN on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I was told that this was 110% a Shane Steichen call right here. At least all the voices in the room, he had the loudest voice as now an incoming first-year head coach after being the OC in Philadelphia. Does that seem like a really strong marriage between the coach that's incoming, that's going to call the plays, and knows what he wants in a quarterback, and the quarterback that wants to develop, in this case, these other skills – 
through his coach. Is this perfect in your sense moving forward here? Perfect. Perfect. Absolutely ideal. I, I say this all the time when guys go to the NFL or players kind of change from one team to another. And the question we in the media always get asked is, how's the fit? And I say, it should never fit in the NFL. It's the NFL. These players should thrive in places or be in positions to, and that's what Anthony has. Steichen had Justin Herbert as a rookie, and Justin Herbert was a little bit of a question mark as well because, you know, you you watched him play college football, and you're like, nah, that doesn't make sense because you should be better than you are. And he goes on to win Offensive Rookie of the Year with the big plays down the field. And then he takes Jalen Hurts, and I have a ton of respect for what Jalen has become. But Anthony is more talented. Now, I don't know if he has Jalen's maniacal work ethic. I don't know, but he's more talented. And I think that's kind of been the big the thing that I've pushed back against for people for so long is they've always, you know, the last four months is, well, this Richardson kid's a project. No, he's not. He's just inexperienced. Uh, you got to sit him and let him develop. No, you don't. You unleash him because of his running ability that you can simplify defenses. And I think Shane's experience last year is going to be enormous in getting Anthony on the field and getting Anthony playing well very early on in this season. Hey, Dan, do you think that Anthony should have been the number one overall selection? Or again, does it come down to what we just had talked about? It was a great fit with new head coach and now the new long-term quarterback. And the same could be said, you know, regarding Bryce Young, regarding C.J. Stroud. Or would you have gone with Richardson with that immense talent, at least the outlook, as the number one overall selection had you had the opportunity? Yeah, so I would have thought long and hard about Anthony at number one. Um, so to share some, you know, information mm-hmm. and conversations, I can I can 100% t- tell you, and I've said this, that Carolina did think about him at number one long and hard. And I kind of came to the decision about a month ago. If I was the Carolina Panthers, I probably would have taken Bryce Young and just always kept one eye open on Richardson with the hopes that I don't regret it. Um you know, it, it, I know that Carolina, I had text messages from people that I know, both in Carolina and Houston and Atlanta and so many other teams that would sit there and be like, oh, my gosh, just watch this tape. Or, wow, seeing him throw in person with emoji eyes type of thing. So um, I think a lot of the narrative that was getting spread around Anthony um, was not shared by the NFL community. And, um yeah, I, I would have thought long and hard. I think the thing that you don't know from picking a quarterback from the inside, like meaning you're in the building, is really hard. We know that, right? Kind of seeing these guys from the outside is hard. Is harder because if you told me Anthony has got 50% of Jalen Hurts' work ethic, then I would say take him number one overall and be thankful that you got the number one pick. But I just don't know how hard these guys are going to chase after their weaknesses and their flaws. Um, you hear, but you don't know. Um, but I would have thought long and, hard, long and hard about him being number one. Dan Orlowski of ESPN's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. People ask me this all the time, Dan, and I'm sure you probably heard the same thing. All right, so what is the timetable here? And my timetable is get his ass in the game ASAFP. Now, that's not putting him in jeopardy by any stretch if he's absolutely and clearly not ready, but sooner rather than later for me. How about you? 
Okay, so I, I would I would make him prove to me that he's not capable of starting. Okay, you got to prove to me that you're incapable of it, not that you're ready for it, or that you are capable, that you're incapable, that you're going to hurt yourself, or you know, mentally just be so fragile that you can't handle failure. Uh, so number one, the, Trey Lance is the perfect example. Trey Lance for San Francisco, who was drafted three overall a couple years ago, has thrown 416 passes. In two and since 2016, so in seven years, that young man has thrown 416 passes. Probably during the seven greatest growth development years of that position in his life, he's thrown 416. Passes. He's got to play. You got to play to develop and grow and get better. I think the second thing is, if Anthony is mentally capable of handling struggle and difficult times, because there are going to be them, then you play him. And the third thing is this. Um, I think because of the Shane and the the marriage that they have and Shane's experience last year with Jalen and then the ability to run him and utilize quarterback run, you are going to see significantly simplified defenses, especially on early downs, first and second downs, because when you have to play 11-on-11 football, offense versus defense, you can't be that exotic because you got to see so much and you got to be so disciplined because you make one mistake. There is no longer an extra body to make a, you know, play-saving tackle type of thing. So um, it, unless he's totally incapable of handling the failure mentally and you're scared to scar him, I'd play him. You know what's funny, Dan, about this? I had Chris Ballard on my show at the Combine back at the end of February, and he talked about not falling in love with the Combine and individual workouts. He's going by the tape, and obviously 13 games is not a lot to go by. So I just think it's human nature, and I kind of fell into it as well. When he had that, he being Anthony Richardson, that pro day, I thought, holy crap, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. And I, and I try to be guarded in doing this job to make sure I just I, I don't fall in love with pro days, which by design want to make that guy look the best. But I think really me, Chris Ballard, everybody kind of fell in love with Anthony Richardson and his athleticism in a pro day. And you, you kind of have to because there's such a small guidance of 13 sure. games to tell you on tape. Sure. I mean, I started the, the the interview with you telling you I fell in love with him two years ago calling his game. Yeah. I think the big thing is this. When when you watch Anthony and you, you watch the pro day and you watch the combine, you have a massive appreciation for the athleticism. I mean, he would be a top five or ten pick if he played defensive end because of the physical presence and the athleticism that he has. But the, I think the big thing that has been lost in all of this, again, conversation around Anthony is watch him throw and tell me if it looks natural or not. We, we, you don't need to play in the NFL forever to just watch somebody throw a football and be like, oh, yeah, that looks natural. Or watch someone throw a football and be like, nah, that, that doesn't look like natural. And when, when I say that is like – um, if you watch Anthony's left arm when he throws, watch what happens when he throws the football where the left arm is. It hangs right at his chest. That is a very natural motion. It is not herky-jerky. It is not elbow all flailing out. It's, it's a very natural thing. Um, when you watch the ball go from where he carries it to go back, it's very natural. And I would push to people and say this. If you watched Mitchell Trubisky throw, that wasn't natural. If you watched um, a player like a Tim Tebow throw, that wasn't natural. If you watched 
Trey Lance throw, and I got a lot of love for Trey. It's not natural. Anthony is very loose up top, and that's why I kept telling people, Josh, like, Anthony's big and muscular, but not boxy and tight. You know, Josh Allen's the same way. Josh Allen is an enormous human, but he's very loose. His upper body is very loose. And Anthony's the same way. It's very loose. And I think that's the difference is when you take the athleticism and you fall in love with it, but then watch the player throw, you're like, oh, that's just a quarterback who happens to be really athletic than a really athletic person throwing. To Dan Orlowski of ESPN. So the Colts were all over the ice over the course of last season, obviously. You know, bring in Jeff, and that certainly didn't work out. Shane Steichen ended up being the guy, and it seemed like that he immediately had a great deal of love for Anthony Richardson. And I want to go back to something I brought up with you at the beginning of the conversation, that he had the loudest voice in that room from what I had heard, you know, among Ballard and Ursay and everybody else that had judged the quarterbacks and who they were going to end up picking I think that's a good thing, and I wanted that to happen before the draft. I wanted him to have the loudest voice and his choice, and clearly it did. I think that's a very good starting point. Absolutely. I I think the big thing, too, is like making sure that – I think it became an issue if Chris had pushed back and been like, absolutely not. But once the general manager is like, no, I kind of see it. Like, I get where he's coming from, and then, like, I'm on board with it. The coaches, you hire the coach to take the player to where that player can go, right? It's where are you and where can you go? And we we see it all the time in the NFL that, well, the head coach likes this player, this style of player, and the general manager is like this. And it's like, hey, coach – do what, do what you need to do with the players I've given you. And the coach goes, well, you haven't given me the players that I want. <laughs> you know, and it's, well, we wonder why teams fail on a consistent basis. So um, as long as, you know, Chris Ballard kind of signed off on it, which by all accounts it, it was the case, I, I always think, especially at that position, the coach has got to be the guy that loves him. It's Dan Orlowski of ESPN with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. It seems like it's been a while since good fortune and something had really worked, and I mean consistently worked around here, and I know people are hoping that that this pick, among yeah. others, and now everything with Shane Steich is going to be going in the, in the right direction because it seems like it certainly has been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's... You know, I kind of uh, we talked about it a little bit on SportsCenter today, what quarterbacks under the most pressure, and I said... It's really two, C.J. and Anthony, because, yeah. you know, they're in the same division. Houston took C.J. before they took Anthony. Indy wanted Anthony. Who made the right choice? And in many ways, they're both replacing really, really good players. I mean, C.J.'s replacing Deshaun Watson, who on the field was remarkable, and Anthony is replacing Andrew Luck. And those are, like, both teams are still trying to find that guy, and it still feels relatively new. So, yeah, there's a there's big expectations and tons of pressure, and and hopefully Indy for their fans got it right. Yeah, dripping with drama. Well, I mean, Will Levis, you know, goes in the second round of Tennessee. And a lot of people thought, uh, including myself, he could end up here. A lot of people thought he could end up in Houston, and then uh, I don't think the Colts had any interest in Stroud. Had he been available, it just it's like dripping with drama for the first time in the AFC South, yeah, which yeah. I think gives <laughs> gives people a lot of good reason to tune in. I guess in the years to come around here. Hey, thanks for jumping on. I Appreciate that. Get up, NFL Live and everything NFL-wise, ESPN, and the former Colts quarterback, Dan Orlovsky, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Appreciate you being on the show today, Dan. Thank you very much. Thanks, bud. 
in studio, morning show, Kevin and Query, weekday mornings here, 7 until 10 a.m. And he survived yet another mini marathon. Jake Query joins us. Nips chafed? Everything okay? <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to lie to you, John. Mm-hmm. I, you band-aid up? No. I actually, they, they sell a thing called Body Glide. Mm-hmm. It's basically like a deodorant, but like a, like a deodorant stick, but it's mm-hmm. a Body Glide, right? Right. And I absolutely coat myself. Like, I, I am basically like a Crisco can, right? right? This has not happened to me since the fateful... 2004 Brickyard 400 where every single guy that worked that event by the end of the day was walking around like they just got off a, a Bronco. I had some serious um, inner, th- say- inner thigh chafing? <laughs> oh, I hate that. Sometimes, I don't know if that just gets old or no. what, sometimes I start I start work, my underwear work holes in it in really weird places well, now. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I don't even know if we can say the name of companies on the air like yeah. they don't advertise or whatever i don't care do it okay you can do whatever you want here i went and bought there's a lotion yeah um it's like a gold bond i mean gold bond we know about the, the is it the that under boob stuff that chick advertises let me that? tell you something the gold bond, i went to to the store and bought gold bond lotion that it, that it says like for eczema and other rashes yeah that stuff is a miracle worker great i mean like within an hour was gone but the mini was cool. Uh, it was great. What's it, was, it called? They make, sometimes I have that issue. I, I use well, Gold Bond powder. Jo- I just use Jock Itch cream. Let me tell you, <laughs> Gold Bond powder is a miracle <laughs> worker, right? Like that stuff yeah. is unbelievable, and usually that. But that's preventative. After the fact, you got to go with the lotion aspect of it, and it was I was good to go. I have uh, I've used the spray powder for a long time, right? The spray powder, body spray powder, uh, because I it's it's been a while, but I, I've started really maintaining my undercarriage so okay. i've started utilizing that <laughs> this is different conversation than i had last time i was in this seat 11 hours ago or whatever it was right love it well that's important when you run that's why i don't want to run and see no. i also i wouldn't mind a bike but i also would be sensitive to the chafing that could go on it's not like i'm riding on a banana seat or something you get that seat and you get a little bit of chafing going on there in your undercarriage area you have to be well aware it of was that. weird because it didn't happen until um it didn't rear its ugly head until well after I'd gotten back and napped. The Mini is such a weird thing because it's so odd, John, to get home, basically go back to bed. Yeah. You wake up at like 11 o'clock and then you look at like your Fitbit and you're like, um, I've burnt 4,000 calories today and done 23,000 steps. It's crazy. That's great. But it's cool though. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a great you event. You just go out it's and so just eat fun. the hell out of everything after that too? You know, you would think you do, but like you just kind of like, yeah, I mean, we went out uh, the Derby was that night, and so we went, um, actually had you on, listened mm-hmm. to some We Are Family. Oh, yeah. And then- Block uh, by block with that request. Had he a couple was beers over, and a burger. Was over good. in Irvington. I remember everybody's request. That's weird. Somebody else, what was the other request I heard late at night? And I'm like, man, this is a jam right here. I can't remember. You played a lot of good ones. Yeah, it was a lot good. of good ones. You know? Oh, the 80s nights are always really good, too. It probably should be more. It, normally, it is 80s. Well, normally, it is. Sometimes. What would you say is the most commonly requested song? Uh, uh, probably Let's Go Crazy by Prince of the Revolution. Uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller is often requested. Um, in the, the category of, of deep cut, 
Um, I have kind of brought this back to the public eye here locally. David and David's Welcome to the Boomtown. I will play that with my remix of Roadhouse and Dalton's speech. That's requested often, too. Did somebody request Rumors? Uh, by Timex Social yes. Club? Yes. No, I played Don't Stop From Rumors. I think that's probably what okay. I said from Fleetwood Mac. That would have been John and Tara Hote with that request. Now... You know, one other thing, speaking of music, I don't know if you and I talked about this. With the passing of Gordon Lightfoot, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, like in the 70s hour, if you played any Oh, I, I started the show with a sky point to Gordon Lightfoot, um, yeah. Did you know that Sundown was written about- John Belushi's girlfriend that was crazy. And you know why Lightfoot wrote it about her? Because she was crazy, right? It was Lightfoot's mistress- yeah. So Lightfoot was married, was dating her. Yeah. They and I think he got a, a domestic charge against against himself yeah. from her, and then she ended up with Belushi, and then she ended up going to prison because she's the one that the delivered the hot dose. Correct. Right. I think Correct. is what it, I had no idea that's what that was about. I also yeah. um, thought forever Carefree Highway was every highway. <laughs> Every highway. I, I, I literally did. Like, literally one time I was looking on, I'm like, wait a minute, carefree? What? Yeah. had no idea. Every highway? Yeah. I just, what? Um, I, I, there's a friend of mine for a number of years that went with ACDC. The song was called Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, and he thought it was Dirty Deeds and the Thunder Chief. <laughs> and he sang it that way every time it came sure. on back in the early and 80s. And probably nobody noticed, the right? Thunder Chief. Yeah. yeah. How about See, that's, this? That's funny. Everybody okay, gets the lyrics one. wrong until now because they're so easily looked up on, on the, Google. Okay, yeah. how about this? Africa by Toto? Yeah. What do they do to the reins? Um, I, I, well, I forget now. What is it? I always thought it was, yeah. I miss the reins. Miss, yeah. It's, I bless. I bless the reins. I bless yeah. the reins. And I'm like, why would you? I always thought it was, I miss the reins yeah. in Africa. Yeah, we all screwed that up until now because you just look it up yeah, now. So. For sure. All right. What you guys been doing? Well, I saw, by the way, I heard you talking about the, um, the new arena for yeah. the G League team. I guess IUPUI, is this the same as what IUPUI is getting? Because did you see that they also passed for money for the for a new arena for IUPUI? So that the Indiana Farmers Coliseum is just going to be used for what? And I, I love Horizon the League tournament. Me too. I think it looks great on the interior. I, I love the Coliseum. I love the history of the Coliseum. Meekum Meekum uh, is coming to the Indiana Farmers Coliseum coming here, up next okay. week. I just got this. Um, among the largest earmarks is an $89 million item for an amateur sports facility on the IEPY campus in downtown Indianapolis. Hmm. Those involved said it's a bid to keep the state's capital. Com- um, anyway, so $89 million bid uh, apparently was passed, I guess, um, to, to be built on IEPY's campus. I don't know if that means it's officially going to be done. Um, but it said that the facility could be built in the next three to five years. Well, they are for sure. You're getting... One now, obviously, in, in Noblesville, up in Finch Creek, uh, for the G League team. You're getting the Indy Fuel, getting one in Fishers, and then you've got Diamond Chain with the Indy 11 coming up. And uh, hopefully somebody around here 
like puts a little bit of a sensitive touch on the centralized location of Indy because we're, we're losing sight of that. There are great other aspects, like the whole area down by the Alexander looks awesome. You're right. And I'm sure all these other areas, you know, especially the diamond chain, is going to look good. And I know that that'll probably push you know down across I-70 to where back nine is over there right now. That'll be a nice area. But some love and tenderness needs to be placed on where we sit right now. Well, look at Atlanta. Like, if you go to Atlanta, which is a, a huge convention yep. city, a great city, and a big sports city, but, you know, the Braves play out in the Burbs now. Yep. And downtown Atlanta is hotels and a convention center, and that's it. And, and I certainly hope that's not... No, they can't be us, because that's not... That was always... Our, the mantra here was always centralized location, I, I easy to get to. It, it, you can't reverse course on that ever, I, can I, you? I, hope you, I don't know, John. I hope you're right. But, I mean, you, you go through... You go I mean, through downtown is, now. I mean, I mean Cambridge is going to be here for however. I'll be long dead by the and, time and they Lucas do something Oil. there, and so will Lucas Oil Stadium. You would hope, but well, the got, next time they tear that down and build something new, that's the next Super Bowl that will be but here. But there are a lot of. I just keep going back to, and not to open up an arena that could go on for an hour and a half, but I am all for the expansion, the growth, and the continued progress of this city so long as it doesn't come at the expense of the things and the issues that are already present that are becoming bigger issues by the day and compounding themselves. There's a lot going on, for sure. But yeah, we're trying to think about a uh, Mad Ants rebranding of a name. We came up with a nickname, the Slicks, right? Has to be the That's Slicks. Not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Somebody said Circle. I think it was Sean Doherty that said Circle City Slicks. You know, it, which is a tongue twister for me. To, considering their, considering the sponsorship of Jacks, and considering that at Grand Park you have um, Quack Daddy, then and considering that they're pu- pushing all the sports out to the donut counties, and considering the physique of half of Central Indiana, why not just the donuts? Just call them the donuts, Longs. Yeah, you know, gotcha. No, but I like. Um, Slicks is good, actually. Yeah, that is that's pretty really good. good. That's solid. Sean Darty came up with that. I think that's a good one. I just don't know. It won't be Noblesville. Circle City may be too far away from Circle City to be that, but that is, I mean, uh, I'm sure, be, forthcoming. Are there any G League teams that go by the same city or state name as the parent team? I mean, they could be Indy. They could just be called Indy. Indy Slicks. Right. So... You know, it also works from a racing standpoint. Yeah. Because tires are the slicks. Yeah. Right? Hey, speaking of which, you think LL Cool J had any idea there was copyright infringement going on in his words yesterday in Miami? Was he the only one that said it? I don't know. I didn't hear anybody else say it. We had Bulls on this morning, and Doug Bulls said that they have talked to the Liberty Group, which owns Formula One, yeah. after one of the races when they were calling it the greatest spectacle in motorsports, and that they agreed that it wouldn't be used again, and that it was They do that purposely. Right? They're doing that purposely. Probably. Yeah. Don't you think? I do, yes. Yeah, me too. I, I don't want, I'm not speaking on behalf of the Speedway by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I think Formula One probably knows from a marketing standpoint what they need to do to get them to keep themselves in conversations. How many American races are there now in F1? Three? Three. You've got Austin, Miami, and Las Vegas, right? Yeah. I mean, they're... Isn't it just... Like, I understood the reasons why that it left and why everybody was okay with it. But doesn't it need to be here? I mean, 
like I didn't dislike it enough for it to be gone. And I know that there are more business reasons than anything else as to why it's gone. But should that be here? I, I would agree if it were about the racing, it would be here. Yeah. But for Formula One, and part of what has made it so appealing is it's about its sexiness. It is, right? right. It's about you know Miami, Vegas, Austin. I mean, the, you know, Coda's really nice. But those areas are those are party atmospheres right and 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 elite level party atmospheres that are you know it's you're bringing monaco here basically yeah. right and right. so i i get from that standpoint but if it were about racing at the biggest venues and the most significant auto racing venues then yes it would have to be IMS. well it also would cost way too much for them to ever want to pay to bring it here sure. too that's i the mean biggest the, the, thing. the sanctioning fee was was very high yeah did you like it when it was here I did. I mean, I went. Um, it was very hard to cover. I mean, you know, I worked at Channel Six at the time, and Dave first would cover it, and we only got one credential per outlet, and it was very restricted. And my dad and I went. I'll never forget my dad and I going to the U.S. Grand Prix, and it was the year of the tire debacle, and the race began. I take that back. We went. I, I take it back. I went twice. I went once to the tire debacle, and then my dad and I went another time. And the race began. And my dad, who who grew up on the Indy 500, said, now, "When did they really start jockeying for position on the track?" And the guy in front of us turned around and said, uh, "Yeah, bro, that was qualifying because there just wasn't any <laughs> passing." You know what I mean? Right. It's a different animal. Yeah. It's a, it always right. fascinates me with MotoGP and Formula One how we talk about how like the United States is the capitalism capital of the world, understandably so, and then the European sports venues come over here and you're like, where did all this money come from? I mean, it's unbelievable the amount of money that goes into it, not just from a sponsorship standpoint, but from the standpoint of the 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 fans and the people, the, the entourages. I mean, it is, um, it's unbelievable. But so in that aspect, it was, there was a vibe about it that was pretty cool. I went to an after party that was near northeast side of downtown uh, in an alley over here. I forget what building it was. An after party for the U.S. Grand Prix, and um, the late Dan Weldon was there. Scott Dixon was there in the back. Um, somebody I won't mention because she wouldn't like it was there. And uh, Rubens Barrichello was there, oh, yeah. too. F1 driver was there. And they were actually, it was a party and a DJ inside and outside. It was some kind of motorcycle thrill show going on. I mean, it was just a complete circus. Like these motorcycles were coming down this alley, going about 120 miles an hour and doing, you know, circle twists and like stuff. Hot wheel loops. Yeah, seriously, just like that in an alley. It was literally a mile away from where we sit right here. I don't know what building it was. Do I know the unnamed person? Oh yeah. Now, I've mentioned it before too, and I and um, this person kind of climbed up my rear end about it. So Why? Nah, I don't know. They still live in Indy. No. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no. No. Had an inter- <laughs> interesting adventure once upon a time in London. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yes. It yeah, and that wasn't actually a car. At my, yeah, so you know what I mean. A fight broke out amongst rugby teams in London, right? <laughs> yeah, that one, yeah, that yes, it did. Okay. It did. So, yeah, I just... Yeah, I like her a great deal. It was uh, it was a wild scene. It wasn't really made for me. I like parties, but not uh, not quite like that. Hey, speaking of parties, yeah. great time Friday night um, coming by for Cinco de Mayo. Glad you enjoyed at it. your remote. And I'll tell you what, credit where due, man. Let me tell you something. Credit where due. I love the fact that when it comes to 
the Kentucky Derby, one of the great sporting mm-hmm. events in all of mankind, right? Yep. And we have on experts, and you have on experts, and every network has on experts, and everybody's breaking down and handicapping, and you know this horse is good in the mud. This horse is good if it's going to be dry. This horse is good in, in the uh, calm when when they're getting posted, and this one if it can get to the rail early, whatever else. And then Brett Holverson just comes out and goes, "By the way, the favorite's going to be scratched. He's hurt." <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, holy uh, cow! Then, then our guy Michael Joyce said, "Why? Well, that's just hearsay." And <laughs> Well, I got news for you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's our betting analyst, Brent Holverson of Heaven Hill Jewelry. By the way, if you want to come out Friday, our show is at Mystic Waters. So you know that, that Brent is a part of ownership of that campground Boy, I heard Mystic him talking Waters. about that. It sounded awesome. It's, a, it's a I-69 at the Pendleton exit. It's that lake that has the campground right there. We're doing the show there on Friday. That's awesome. And it's going to be great. So you got to come up. Actually, yeah, yeah, I Friday. promise you a hell of a good time up there. Grand Prix on Saturday, qualifying on yeah. Friday. We've got Friday night. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you can lose yourself a little bit on, on Friday up there. I with like us, that. If you know what I mean. I like that. All right. Uh, hang loose right there. By the way, on the other side, I want you to think about this. Uh, for Generation Xers like us, this was, at least in my opinion, the most common party album ever played. Again, with us Generation Xers at any party, most commonly played is celebrating an anniversary release today. The other big news today uh, has a great deal of local interest being that the Fort Wayne Mad Ants of the G League uh, of the Pacers moving to Noblesville as a part of a deal that the city and Pacers Sports and Entertainment that will result in a thirty-six a thirty-six and a half million dollar arena and event center being built in Finch Creek Park. And to join us now to talk about that, he broke the story for the IBJ, IBJ.com. Mickey Shuey is with us. Thank you for the quick turnaround, Mickey. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Very interesting story right there. So how did this all begin from what you've gathered so far in your reporting? So from what I understand, the Pacers during the pandemic uh, saw kind of the, the advantages of consolidating some operations between uh, the Pacers team proper and uh, their developmental league team, uh, the G League team in the Fort Wayne Madians. They The teams kind of practice together every once in a while during uh, the, the pandemic years. Uh, and, of course, the Mad Ants have played a few games here and there at Gainbridge Fieldhouse uh, over the past two seasons. And that kind of stoked interest from management in how do we kind of make this a long-term thing. So from there, they uh, seemingly just went out and tried to find a good partner uh, city uh, within about a 30, 35-mile radius. It's uh, Mickey Shuey of the IBJ had the story, broke the story regarding the uh, Mad Ants of Fort Wayne moving and changing the name altogether uh, down to Noblesville to a new arena, a new facility, $36.5 million. Well, where do we see that cash flow come from in this case, Mickey? Yep. So Noblesville is doing uh, what's called a, uh, a, um, a lease uh, rental um, deal. So essentially, all the proceeds that come from leasing the facility by the uh, by Pacer Sports and Entertainment and other other uh, users, that money would go 
toward paying off bonds that are taken out to to pay for this project. So it's ostensibly taxpayer dollars, but it's also money that's going to be recouped uh, through the operation of this venue. Now, this is multi-use as well, too. What, 3,500 seats in that arena, Mickey? Is that accurate? Yeah, 3,500, 3,500 seats, um, which is interesting because it's the it would be the seventh smallest uh, such arena in the uh, G League. But at the same time, the, uh, the Mad Ants have historically, uh, they, they've kind of seen a decline in their, their attendance from the numbers that I've seen. And, and in 2022, uh, 2022 2023 season they they had about 2200 people per game at their games at uh at the uh, Alan Moore Memorial Coliseum and I'm assuming this just kind of leaves Fort Wayne high and dry correct uh seemingly so I do know that they they informed uh folks in Fort Wayne today of the move um but this is definitely a shift up there uh, after the team was founded there in, in 2007. Now, I'm just curious, not that it matters now, but did the uh, Fort Wayne folks have any idea that this massive uh, decision was coming? Uh, that We don't know the answer to that question yet. Um, reaching out to them to, to try and find out. But but they, um, but they but my understanding is that the this was kept fairly quiet until – the the decision was made and finalized in Noblesville to to move the team to Noblesville. Yeah, economically speaking, how do things? I mean, obviously, we look at the the numbers. Thirty six and a half million dollars is a big number. Mickey, you just explained how how that's going to go down, how they're going to pay for it. But economically speaking, um, is it a more sound situation, longer term? You talked about it in terms of, you know, being able to practice together, being in close closer proximity, which that part makes sense. But what about the, the economic terms of it all? You're somebody that's been around this game, um, around the city for a long time. Does this make sense to you on paper? I mean, it's it's obviously not for me to say if, if it makes sense, but what I will say is that that moving to a market that's closer to Indianapolis uh, certainly helps with not just the cohesion be, between the teams, but but it also helps with fans who who might be following players on on the Mad Ants and they get bumped up to the Pacers or vice versa right. uh, due to injuries or, or what have you. They like there's kind of that crossover there that's going to be easier for diehard basketball fans to follow between these two teams and and make no mistake about it i mean the g league is it, it's got some good basketball going on um so so certainly it's considered a quote unquote minor league uh in terms of the the current uh outlay for for major league sporting uh conferences and, and leagues in the united states but it still has competitive basketball so i think there will be a driving factor there for people who either don't have the price point to afford tickets to to Pacers games or might just live in Hamilton County uh, who just want to see some basketball played. I wonder how this is going to be marketed because you have to have a name change too. So – uh, any ideas? I've already we've already come up with on the show, and Mickey Shuey, by the way, from IBJ broke the story regarding the uh, Mad Ants of Fort Wayne moving to a soon-to-be erected facility, an event center, an arena up in Noblesville in the Finch Creek Park. And Mickey's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Have they talked at all from your reporting about the the name 
that it's going to be? We've come up with the slicks. I mean, it has to be the slicks, right? In this case, the nickname. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they're they're staying pretty mum on the name right now. Uh, but as uh, as uh, Mayor Chris Jensen up in uh, in Noblesville said, uh, it's a it's a city of thir- of uh, seventy one thousand people. So there's probably about seventy one thousand different name ideas out there that that they're going to be getting over the next couple years as they as they wade through it. Well, I tell you, the other thing they're going to need is probably some other roads, right? <laughs> it's going to be a lot. I mean, I'm not suggesting this is good, but it's already packed the way that it is. I mean, it just and I know that you. I mean, they probably get more more kids up at Mojo up at Finch Creek than they will at you know most of these these games, these Pacer G League games. But it just kind of it's something added there to the congestion of an area that just is endlessly growing up there right now. Right, and, it, and it's also worth noting that this is just uh, just a mile or two up the road from from the uh, from the Ruoff Mortgage uh, Event Center. Um, they like so they they have that thing operating uh, really well during those events, and I'm sure that will will translate to to events for this. Um, and and as you mentioned, they have a lot of events going on at Bench Creek anyway, so. I think that they'll be just fine when it comes to accommodating the traffic, but but certainly every municipality right now is thinking about infrastructure and how they're going to to accommodate their growing population. So I'm sure that will be a natural part of this uh, progression. Yeah, it um, it is amazing, and obviously well, a month ago you got the news of you know, diamond chains being torn down, and then the Indy 11 building that facility down there and we, we know about what it's like up in that noblesville area and we've seen the growth you know fletcher place fountain square the gross the growth at mass ave yeah in, in all parts around the city the centralized location of downtown mickey is not doing well and i know that you have your finger on the pulse and you know, the latest is that of the pan am plaza that hotel project what's going on there so last week we broke that the uh, the city of Indianapolis is taking over financing of the Pan Am Plaza uh, Signia Hotel project. And essentially, that's going to be a $510 million uh, project that will, <clears throat> excuse me, in some ways, it will be, it'll operate in a, in a similar way to actually what's happening in, in Noblesville in that the money that is generated on the property is what's going to be used to pay back the project. Uh, so the city isn't creating new taxes for that, but rather they're taking out bonds and kind of leveraging those against the project itself. Um, so that is what they're doing in order to move that project forward because several uh, conventions, including National FFA and FDIC, two big uh, conventions that come to Indianapolis every year, amongst others, uh, have said, we need more space or we can't stay in Indianapolis. So this is really Indianapolis uh, trying to keep those conventions here and move this project forward. That makes sense. And I mentioned the distress that you see. And I, I say the centralized portion of downtown, Mickey, where I'm sitting right now, um, it, it's a struggle. I mean, it has been a struggle. And as I also mentioned, you have other portions of downtown. I mean, even down by the Alexander that continues to grow right now. Do they have any plans on, you know, addressing these serious needs that are going on again in centralized downtown around Monument Circle? Is there anything that, that you've heard they're trying to do about that? Because it, it needs some care taken of it and it needs it fast. 
Right. Well, certainly there's the the construction going on on Monument Circle now to actually repair the monument, but. But beyond that, I know that Downtown Indy is continuing to to work with uh, Big Car Collaborative to to try and come up with some ideas for for activations throughout the summer. They did that a lot last year to try and drive people down to the circle. Uh, and, and certainly, uh, there are there are more cranes in the air downtown right now than than there than there were perhaps earlier in the pandemic. Uh, so so there's help there, but. But I definitely think that there's a lot more that the city and and its partners in downtown Indy and even visit Indy to an extent are trying to do to to bring people down. So Mickey Shue of IBJ, he broke the story regarding the Fort Wayne Mad Ants moving to Noblesville as a part of a deal between the city and Pacer Sports and Entertainment. That's $36.5 million. You know, I mentioned what's going to go down here soon with the Indy 11 and the Diamond Chain Factory. And I probably should also talk about with you quickly what's going to take place with the, the Indy Fuel and um, the, the hockey facility, the facility itself is going up in Fishers. Are all these going to, like, pop at about the same time here? Is that the expectation, all three of these facilities? Uh, especially the uh, the two uh, up in Hamilton County. Uh, those two are going to come online about the same time. Uh, the, the Indy 11 uh, facility is likely to come a few months after that uh, uh, as it relates to their their construction schedule, but but they're certainly all coming around at the same time, and it's it's definitely an interesting moment for for Central Indiana professional athletics because um, obviously the the trend uh, has is pointing to Hamilton County as being a a obviously a, a highly populated place, but also an area that people are going to for entertainment. Obviously, people have been going there for years for uh, Deer Creek, now Ruoff, uh, for, for their music needs, but uh, and, and then the Palladium as well. But but I think we're seeing an interesting uh, shift in terms of these smaller professional teams that are that are kind of taking a foothold there and, and kind of creating their own uh, fan bases in these neighborhoods and, and cities within Hamilton County. Was there ever any thought, with the Fort Wayne G League team moving down here to utilize Indiana Farmers Coliseum, and what's what's going to happen with that? I know IUPUI plays basketball in there, but beyond that, once the Indy Fuel move out, what's what's going to happen to that venue most of the time? That remains to be seen. Really, I, I do know that the the Pacers and Noblesville kind of like that was kind of the one route that they were looking at, rather than than perhaps uh, going to the Coliseum. But there, there's definitely a lot of questions about what's going to happen with uh, the Coliseum after the fuel move out. And I think the answers to that just remain to be seen. Because they, they did such a good job. I mean, it looks so good right on the inside. I mean, it does. It looks good on, on TV and everything. It just looks like, you know, among the things we were talking about, Fort Wayne kind of being, you know, left. It sounds like the Indiana Farmers Coliseum to a degree, with the exception of, of IUPUI athletics, also kind of being left out here a little bit. I mean, they'll still, I'm sure, have some some music events, yeah. and and then there's the Horizon League uh, basketball tournaments that are that play their championships right. and semifinals there every year. So it'll still get some use, I'm sure, but but certainly figuring out uh, the the other 250 days of the year uh, is going to be uh, a question.
So they're going to utilize these these other facilities for concerts and everything too. I'm talking about all three: soccer, hockey, and then you know basketball up in Noblesville. These will be multi-use and concerts being in these arenas too. That's the plan. Um, the Indy Fuel definitely have have their sights set on on utilizing that venue up in Fishers uh, quite a bit. Uh, I know that, of course, uh, the Indy 11 really have an interest in bringing international soccer matches to Indy, uh, playing high school games there, especially championship games. Uh, but they also have an interest in, in having um, the uh, having some concerts there. And, and let's not forget about the uh, the women's league team that, that right. the Indy 11 have uh, that, that performed quite well last year. Uh, so I think that that will also be a, a ticket that, that's on the rise uh, once this venue opens, uh, as far as Noblesville goes, I know that Noblesville is going to work um, with Live Nation, uh, the, the the concert promoter, to to try and bring some events to that facility as well. Well, it's interesting too. Now, I leave this up to you, and then I'll let you go here because I'm just not very smart. But what what is the expected? tax situation for those that live in Hamilton County, especially with the two that we mentioned, the hockey and now the basketball facility? Well, as far as the basketball facility goes, it it doesn't seem like it's going to raise any taxes because, again, they're they're basically borrowing against themselves in the performance of the venue. Right. Uh, certainly that'll be backed by taxes if something falls through, but, but if the venue performs as they expect it to, then, then there shouldn't be any need for additional taxes from from what we've been told by by city officials. Um, as far as uh, Fishers goes, um, certainly they're using a little bit of a different setup when it comes to taxes, but uh, but it all should be pretty self sustaining from from what I've gathered. Well done. Mickey Shuey had the story. IBJ, that's IBJ.com, and you can uh, follow him on Twitter at Mickey Shuey as well with the latest on the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, evidently down the road being no more. Now, you're going to be on target here with what this team's going to be called, right? Because we really care about that. So Absolutely. Yeah, you got to be going to be in on that, too. Hey, Mickey, man, thanks for jumping on here really quick. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me.